History teacher Mr. Parker Andrews here with another edition of FN Sports. Yes, it is a third edition this week. We're going to try something new for a while, see how it works. Remember, with a short, we're calling it Fan Friday. We propose a question on Thursday, we see the response, and if we, if you guys like the question, we come through with a thesis pertaining to that question on Friday. But before we get too far, we do have one quick gold star and one quick detention. Our quick gold star is going to go to Bam Adebayo and the Miami Heat for going into Brooklyn on Kevin Durant's first day back healthy without Jimmy Butler, without Kyle Lowry, and coming away with a big victory. Bam Adebayo played a big role on both ends. He was truly unstoppable as a force, as a role man, as a dump into the post man, as defending the rim man. Bam Adebayo does it all. Watch out for Miami. Heat culture is real. That team seems super super dangerous i really, really like watching that group of guys obviously Ty here played well tonight as well if you watch the game they had a number of what i'm calling unsung heroes or lower named guys that you might not know of like omer seven or gabe vincent or max struce that all made big time plays struce also put in 21 points which is a big night for him but the big big deal here is without lowry without tucker without jimmy bam out of bio steered the ship and they beat the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn with Durant on the floor. Obviously, Kyrie Irving was missing, but like, who knows if he'll ever get on the floor in Brooklyn. Looks like that may happen. I don't know. We'll see. And Ben Simmons on the floor. So theoretically, both teams were missing two stars. But we would all assume if, if both teams were missing two stars that Durant would be the better player than even if all six guys were healthy, potentially. But certainly if it's Bam versus Durant. And Bam certainly rose his level of play and was very visibly determined throughout the night. Shout out to Bam and Bayern Miami Heat for a big win in that one. Love the 305. We're going to give a detention to, I guess this goes to Kathy Engelbert, but really a handful of people involved in the upper levels of the WNBA. For those that missed the report this week, the WNBA had to issue out a major penalty and fine to the New York Liberty for chartering flights to the players in New York Liberty for them to fly around the country. And again, $500,000 fine, could have been a million dollar fine. And it looks like they're even talking about like, is it worth contracting the team, taking the team out of the WNBA over this? And here's why this earns the attention. I guess theoretically, if there was some rule that like they're not supposed to do that, they did break that rule. But this is a moment where owners of the WNBA are investing in things that other major pro sports teams in America all have. And the major four, NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, even throw the MLS in there. No one is flying commercial. This guy is chartering flights for the New York Liberty to be able to fly around the country more comfortably, to be able to have the competitive advantage of setting your own schedule. Right? WNBA teams have to fly at the commercial schedule. If those flights get delayed, they're getting delayed. If those flights don't leave till 7 a.m. the next day, they have to stay overnight and can't leave till 7 a.m. the next day. Being able to charge your flights is a big advantage. And frankly, be able to dictate your own travel is not just like the comfort of being inside a private plane. It's the comfort of being able to come and go when it's best for the team. Big, big detention here to the folks at the top, the WNBA, for issuing out this punishment because 
in the article on Sports Illustrated, it outlines several different owners who clearly feel or made very clear that they feel that that's not worth the investment. Well, to me, if you don't want to invest in it, that's fine. Let the New York Liberty invest in it. Let them win some games. Let some players hear about it and come play for them because it's a more fun place to play and a more comfortable place to play. And let's see how the competitive balance shapes out there. It's clearly worth it. The Liberty wouldn't be doing it otherwise. The other four, the four major pro sporting leagues wouldn't all do it across the board otherwise. Major colleges like Alabama and Texas and Stanford and colleges with all this money would not be doing it otherwise. And to sit here and say like, well, they can't do that because then all these teams are going to want to do that. Well, maybe you need to pony up the money. Scared money don't make none. We said that about the WNBA before in this in this podcast. And if you're going to grow that league, doing things like investing in charter flights, good good travel, good accommodations when you get to your place, those are going to be the steps. You have to invest the money to make the money. It's not the other way around. Okay, Parker, so the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we, we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. All right, so the thesis this week is going to be one that, again, we threw out on Twitter to kind of see who bites and very quickly realized, oh, that one is going to get bitten. The thesis reads... Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in all of American professional sports. I'm giving myself a little wiggle room. We're going to give that one an A minus. So let's dive in. All right. So Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in all of major pro sports in America. It looks like his competition there would be, obviously, we just mentioned Kathy Engelbert. Gary Bettman runs the NHL. In the NFL, you have Roger Goodell. and the NBA, you have Adam Silver. I think that this gets an A- minus because in the sports I know the most about, I certainly feel like Manfred is the worst. Take football, for example, Roger Goodell. At the end of the day, while Goodell makes a lot of decisions I don't agree with and seems to kind of talk out of both sides of his mouth, Goodell is very clearly a meat shield for 32 owners and does seem to have some real I care about the shield of the NFL in his back pocket. Has he overextended himself when the NFL tries to play morale, morality police? Probably. Has he gone too far and like thrown tried to throw in like Gruden to the Wolves over stuff that Gruden needs to be fired for, obviously. But he's thrown Gruden to the Wolves to try and cover up other things and get other people not fired. 
Probably. Has he made big mistakes like that? And has he done things that are probably against the health and safety of the player to try and push the product onto the field? Yes. But all of those efforts are to try and get the product on the field as often as possible, as purely as possible, and for all the fans to watch. He understands football as people watching logos on helmets. Do I want to watch Lamar Jackson? Yes. But if I'm going to watch an NFL game and the Ravens playing the Steelers and 27 people are out with COVID or whatever that game was in 2020, I'm still going to watch, right? He's pushing the games out there. And at the end of the day, that's not the worst thing. So he's not going to be the worst guy here. I probably think, weirdly, Adam Silver has probably dipped in my book in the last five years. I can talk about that more in a second. But he's probably the best of the five here, weirdly. As far as I can tell, I, I will say that like Silver came into the league and had to deal with Donald Sterling and that situation in LA and right away seemed to hit one out of the park. I think the further we're getting away from that, the more obvious it was getting that might have been the obvious decision that like was unprecedented, but definitely an easy one to make in hindsight with morality and those kinds of things. So Sterling said some awful things and didn't deserve to own the franchise. And frankly, he got a two point two million dollar departure fee for that, right? What I think about Silver as as far as like decline the last few years for me is there are moments where it feels like he still leans into making that easy decision, you know, with all of the COVID stuff and stoppages and he wouldn't stop the league and so on before. You know, I worry about the way that it's going to hit when he gets the next collective bargaining agreement because of where the NBA gets so much of their viewership and money is in the international markets and the streaming services and so on. And and I wonder where that's going to go. This is not an Adam Silver podcast. We'll probably have time to do one later. But I don't think he qualifies for worse than this. I actually think out of these five, he's certainly the best. So I'm going to keep him on the side, and we can talk about him for a later date. I just mentioned the opening detentions, or Gold Star's intentions, I should say, about Kathy Engelbert and my issues with her. I, I would reiterate that not only is the top of the WNBA concerned with making sure they keep the cost of the league down, which is not how you build a league at all, but it seems to be this weird thing where the league reaches out to certain people and faces to be the face of the league and certain people and faces to pump up as the league like chris paul does great things for women's basketball winning an award all-star weekend that probably should have gone to someone that is currently in the wnba right giving out promoting the league weird and i know you don't want to pick favorites but there are too many former players or coaches or whomever too many other people to give that to and so i'm not sure that chris paul is the best moment there the best guy to give that to and that moment kind of resonates to this, resonates with this bigger jive in the WNBA where they seem to want to get in the pockets of people that don't necessarily look like the people in the WNBA. WNBA is a primarily, again, it's very, very black league, but the faces that they push out there are the Sue Birds and the Diana Taurasi's and sabrina ionescu you don't hear about like john Quell jones or rico gunbawale nearly the same clip and they're very very good right i worry that we're going to get to the same point when college basketball with like caitlin clark and Paige becker versus like Aaliyah boston and we'll see where that goes but how much of that falls to ingbert how much that falls to us as a culture how much that falls to just so many of sports anyway i could go on and on i'm not sure that that qualifies ingbert as the worst because I'm not sure how much that falls to her feet versus the top of sports versus us as a society and those kinds of things. So Engelbert, not great, but also not the worst. The real wiggle room to me here is I'm not as big of a hockey guy. And so the comparison becomes in the main, you know, the main five sports as I'm looking at the major four plus WNBA is 
Gary Bettman of the NHL and Rob Manfred of the MLB. So let's look at those two for a moment. As I look at Rob Manfred, I think it's worth pointing out that like he was not originally a baseball guy. He was a labor lawyer. He had a relatively short professional legal career. I say relatively because it, it's still, you know, what is that, almost 10 years before jumping into the MLB. But he comes into the MLB in the late 80s, and he's worked his way up the, the ranks and, and, and those kinds of things. But he was involved in MLB front offices during the 94-95 strike. He was, again, during the collecting bargaining agreements of 02 and 06 and 11, and, and he continues to be a part of these things. So he's been involved in pro baseball for some of their darker labor contract times, certainly of, like, my lifetime, right? When you think of the 94-95 strike... That strike lasted over 230 days. No baseball was played for that chunk of time. That's a big, big gap. And frankly, it's like one of those like black marks on the history of the league and the history of its labor organization, or the history of it as a labor organization. I mean, you can think about like when Kurt floods through the league just to create free agency and those kinds of things too. And this is not a league that has a great history, so that this sticks out is worth noting. Was he the commissioner at the time? No. Was he in charge? He was one of the people in charge, right? He was legal counsel for the owners, and he, I just, I think that he had something, and he had enough to do with that to where I think it does kind of get lumped under his resume, even if he hasn't become the commissioner of baseball until 2015, which is nearly, what, 20 years later, just over 20 years later. But if I compare him to Gary Bettman, while hockey has had their fair share of strikes since he came into office in 1993, I think the difference as I look at hockey is really in how well the commissioner is pushing the product. Bettman is a big hockey guy. He's a New Yorker. He's from the Northeast. He understands the culture of hockey. As he's been commissioner, yes, you had a 94-95 lockout. Yes, you had an 4 5 lockout. Yes, you had a 2012-13 lockout. But as we look at it now, the league continues to get more popular. They just signed a big deal with ESPN. Obviously, they got off of ESPN a while back, but he's got them back with ESPN, and that's going to improve their revenues. It's going to improve their exposure. It's going to get hockey back in more households on televisions. He's talking about expanding the league, right? adding teams. I know as a Houston sports guy, the talk every year comes, is Houston going to get a hockey team? Now it looks like we get an Arizona's team or whatever, but continuing to grow the league he wants to see it grow and it is on an upward trajectory we are seeing hockey grow hockey's a bigger presence in our life today than it was like 10 years ago that's my extent of why i go with Bettman, and so i i think that initially that makes me think that he's a little bit more positive because baseball's doing the exact opposite baseball numbers continue to drop and drop and drop and drop viewership of baseball is down Involvement in baseball is down, and American participation in baseball is down. All of those things, as I see them, are where Bettman is beating Manfred to the punch. And it's not going to help Manfred that he does things like, I'm a big Astros guy, right? I've talked about this on the show before. You go back to the unaired pilot episode that got aired about a year and a half later. But he didn't do things like punish the Astros well, or didn't do things like punish the Astros perceived to be enough. I, you know, I've talked about how I'd argue like those guys don't get in the Hall of Fame. We'll see how that goes. Da, da, da. But people put that at his feet. You can go to steroid scandals. People put those kinds of things 
and people getting into the Hall of Fame, not getting into the Hall of Fame, etc., at his feet. For better or for worse, this is continuing to come back to his feet the last seven years. And that's just seven years of being the head guy. Again, he's been somewhat in charge, somewhat related to the top for over 30 years. But I think that most telling thing of Manfred being a bad commissioner in sports and being the worst of these major sports is as we look at this strike happening, does it really blip the radar? Right? America's pastime and this strike happening is not even leading sports center. Things like the end of February in college basketball, things like All-Star Weekend in, in the NBA, things like Tom Brady retiring, things like getting ready for the NFL draft and a guy running a 4-2-1 at the Combine are beating out a Major League Baseball strike in a real-deal work stoppage. They canceled two series to start the year. They're not going to be able to play on Jackie Robinson Day. And that's not even leading sports center anymore. That's not leading sports coverage. And I think that that is as damning as any of this. Now, I did go A- minus because I want to give myself some wiggle room about, like, I'm not the biggest hockey guy. I always call them the guys like Ryan McCarthy, Kyle Hall, and those kind of guys come help me out with hockey. And so, frankly, if there's more to that story or that they don't think the Batman should be given any credit for hockey growing, we'll talk about it. The other wiggle room I'll say is that, like, if you consider him a commissioner... Dana White also probably has some skin in this game. Now, he is the president of the UFC, and it's a little bit different because it's not team sports, right? And so it maybe doesn't function the same way because he's not dealing with a bunch of owners. He's not doesn't have to be a meat shield for owners the way Goodell does. He doesn't have to collaborate with owners and players and get that kind of bond going like Silver does. He doesn't sit there and compromise with players and owners the way Manfred does, right? Those are things that he really kind of gets away without doing. But I will say that if he counts in this commissioner thing, and people didn't really put him in the Twitter post, so I'm assuming y'all weren't counting him, he's atrocious. His track record on how he treats athletes and people that work in his sports, whether that's boxing or UFC or, or MMA, whatever, is atrocious. It's awful, awful, awful. And so while... I could go to like Manfred and the deals and like we're literally stopping baseball games over things like paying a minimum salary of like a $50,000 difference. Billionaires are stopping baseball games on Jackie Robinson Day to not have to pay people 50 Gs. It's ridiculous. But at the same time, the minimum salary in the Major League Baseball is a very, very good salary. Minimum salaries in UFC are pretty atrocious. The deals these guys are signing to get their ba- brains beaten in for our entertainment, well, it's their choice, and I get that. I'm not saying I'm not watching that kind of stuff when a big one happens. It's atrocious. Dana White has his own sex tape scandal and stuff like that, too, where he's involved with dancers and doing things he shouldn't be doing, and not just like, oh, you need to have better morals. I mean, like, doing things he shouldn't be doing on those tapes, right? This is a, this is a guy has got all kinds of other problems, and I, if he counts, and no one mentioned him and replies to tweets on this, so I don't know if he counts or not, but I give myself an A minus because if Dana White counts, I think it's got to be Dana White. That being said, I've heard he's quite litigious, so maybe we should have given it to Rob Manfred to leave the A minus. We'll let that go. All right, that's going to do it for another week of FN Sports. Yes, we came back with a short third episode this week for Fan Fridays. We took a thesis, threw it to the fans on Twitter, and y'all responded, so we gave it to you. If 
you're enjoying the show, want to find us on Twitter, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we're at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at FN sports two. It's at F I N S P R T S number two, all one word on Twitter. Me and my personal stuff, unless you're Dana White, because then I want you to find me. Me and my personal stuff are both on Instagram and Twitter at Painsworth512. It's P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512 on Instagram and Twitter. This show is, as always, edited by Chris Sliwa. You can find him on Twitter at Chris underscore Sliwa7. Thanks for doing all the work behind the scenes, Chris. On all of our social media handles, all the FN Sports social media handles, again, that's at F underscore N underscore sports and FN Sports 2, F-N-S-P-O-R-T-S, number two, all one word on Twitter. Through our link tree, you can find the link to our various sponsors. Again, that's my bookie, code FN Sports, gets you double your deposit. That's Beard Struggle and code FN Sports 15, gets you 15% off all your bearded needs. The link will take you to Yeti Coolers, Cups, and Koozies to get all your insulated needs as well through that. In our merch store, we're currently selling our orange campaign for Women's History Month in which you can go get a orange sweatshirt, an orange t-shirt, and support Planned Parenthood Greater Texas because right now they need our help as much as anyone. Make sure you go grab a t-shirt or a hoodie and support the sponsors, support the folks to help the show. Thank you for listening to the show today. You can go ahead and hit subscribe, download, rate, review, do all those wonderful things. Hit on a couple different platforms. Help us out there. But whatever you do when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.